Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Some very unexpected news with the Giants today. Of course, the offseason in the NFL, it can bring many surprises. But of all the speculation I've seen during this season, during the past few weeks, I have not seen the idea of Darren Waller becoming a New York Giant, and that happens today. Darren Waller was traded to the Giants for a third-round pick, the same pick that the Giants received in the Kadarius Tony trade. So, the Las Vegas Raiders get picked number 100 in the upcoming draft. The Giants acquire the 6'5", actually 6'6", 255-pound Darren Waller, one of the best receiving tight ends, all-around tight ends in the NFL. Receiving-wise, I would say he's top three, top four. All-around, I would say he's top six at worst, you know, maybe top seven. But the guy is very good. I would say he's probably the best weapon Daniel Jones has had in his career. I mean, up until this point, it was probably Golden Tate, and that wasn't too hard to beat. So as long as the Giants get a healthy Darren Waller next year, and hopefully the next couple years, he should be a great weapon for this Giants team. In the past couple years, all people talked about was the great value for Darren Waller's contract. And he signed a three-year, $51 million extension with the Las Vegas Raiders. And his cap hit this upcoming year is only $11.8 million. In 2024, it's only $12 million. Then it's $13 million. Then it's $15 million. But the good news is, there is no dead cap hits after 2023. So if for some reason, Darren Waller completely falls off a cliff. He continues to get hurt. The Giants can cut ties and really nothing will happen. All that it will cost him was that third round pick. So I would say based on looking at it right now, it seems like a very low risk, very high reward type move for the New York Giants. Of course, when you signed Kenny Galladay a couple years ago, that had a lot of risk to it because A, it was more money, and B, it was going to be tougher to get out of that contract. And we saw this offseason how the Giants have to take on dead cap because of it. But this move with Darren Waller, who's arguably a better player than Kenny Galladay, it's a lot safer for the Giants cap. It makes sense for their timeline right now. And as a Giants fan, I love it. So as I said, this was very unexpected. I think a lot of people had their eyes on Mike Gusecki. They had their eyes on Dalton Schultz. Um, I've even heard for some reason like Kyle Pitts' name brought up, although I don't think the Falcons actually trade him. But I've heard those type of names brought up. The Giants, of course, were interested in acquiring a tight end, whether it was free agency or a trade. And I didn't really hear Darren Waller's name brought up. So for this to happen, it was very shocking. I'm not going to lie, but... In my opinion, yeah, it's a little risky. The guy has missed some time with injuries the past couple years. Last season, he only played in nine games, missed a lot of time with a hamstring issue. In 2021, played in 11 games. That injury was an ankle sprain. So, of course, I mean, that sucks. You have the, he had a knee strain last year as well. So, yeah, he's had some injuries the past couple years. You hope that it's not wear and tear. Hopefully, it's just bad luck. But when the guy's healthy, he is one of the better tight ends in this league. Back in 2019, he put up a season of 90 catches, 1,145 yards, put up three touchdowns. But the year after that, in 2020, the COVID season, he put up 107 catches as a tight end for almost 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. So obviously a healthy Darren Waller is a terrific weapon. And according to reports, and I think Diana Rossini reported this, 
the Giants are still not done looking for weapons. I mean, the idea of getting another guy, whether it's in free agency or in the draft or via trade, it's still out there. I don't think the Giants are done. They have good weapons now. I mean, I would say they're average at this point. If you look at the entire big picture of having Barkley, having Waller, two guys that are arguably top five at their positions, but obviously at wide receiver, the Giants can do a bit better. So right now you still have Sterling Shepard, you have Isaiah Hodgins, you have, you know, Colin Johnson, someone like that. You still have Wandale Robinson coming off the injury. Maybe Darius Slayton comes back. And I think this is good for Daniel Bellinger. I mean, Bellinger is a solid player, but I think you could do better at tight end one. I would rather have Bellinger as a tight end two in a perfect world. So this now pushes him to those tight end two responsibilities, can make him more of a blocker. Um, Darren Waller has not been known as a blocker throughout his career, but his job is simple, just to receive the ball, make guys miss, outrun guys, use his body as a shield, and just make tough catches. He has great hands. He is very shifty for a tight end. He gets off the line. Like, in press coverage, he's very good at getting off the line, so there's no worries there. The man can make some great jump ball catches. I saw a catch he had, I think, a couple years ago, maybe, against Nasir Adderley, the uh, safety for the Chargers. It was just like a, a grown man type play. Like Derek Carr just lobbed it. You know, Derek Carr loves those little lollipop throws. And he just went up and got it and said, I'm bigger than you and I'm scoring this touchdown. So um, hopefully Daniel Jones gives him some of those opportunities. Now, speaking of Daniel Jones, this is big for him as well. I mean, the entire offseason, I think, should be dedicated to finding out who Daniel Jones is. I kind of said that last video. And if you add a Darren Waller, you bring Saquon back. You have Isaiah Hodgins as a wide receiver two, hopefully, and you find a legitimate wide receiver one, you're really going to find out who Daniel Jones is next year. So we'll find out that the Giants make the right investment. Did they make the wrong decision? We'll find out because if you have a receiving tight end like Waller, if you have a wide receiver one like a, a Judy, Ayuk, Jordan Addison, Odell, somebody, and you have Saquon Barkley but still can't put up numbers, that's going to be a problem. And of course, Brian Dable, who is arguably one of the best play callers in the entire NFL already. So it really depends what version of Waller the Giants get. Do they get the 2019 slash 2020 version where the man was putting up over a thousand yards or over 1100 yards? Or do they get the one the past two years where he was hampered by injuries and didn't really live up to the hype? So hopefully for our sake, it's the 2019, 2020 version He'll turn 31 next September, so he is a bit up there in age, but I guess for tight ends, it's not that concerning. And Darren Waller always seemed like a good guy. Of course, he has a really good story. I think at one point he had like drug issues and he came back from that. So to see him, you know, go from that to making himself into a very good NFL player who I think has made the top 100 like three times in his career, um, that's awesome to see. So he's definitely respected by his peers. He's probably been through a lot of shit. And to see him here, um, you know, hopefully having a great Giants career going forward, it's, it's awesome. And he's had a really good career with the Raiders as well. So I know I've seen some people like get kind of down about this move, but I, I don't see why. Like, listen, you guys know, if you know me, I'm not afraid to be pessimistic when I need to. I don't see a reason to be pessimistic with this move. I really don't. Like you look at the contract and it's like, you're getting one of the best five weapons at his position for a contract that is like not that bad. And if it fails, if he, let's say the worst thing happens, you know, knock on one, hopefully doesn't happen. Darren Waller tears his ACL week one uh, next year, right? 
He would finish the year on the team, and you can cut him after this year for no dead money. So it's like there's not even a problem. Like, yes, you're giving up a third-round pick. Okay, maybe that could have turned into something, but it's pick number 100. It's not like it's a high third-round pick. So I don't see the downside in this move whatsoever for the Giants. I think it's a very good move. It's a calculated risk by Joe Shane. And... Once again, to find out who Daniel Jones is, that's priority number one. Of course, winning is up there as well, but we do want to find out who Daniel Jones is. And what better to do than to get him a very good weapon where if it fails, then it's not going to completely destroy your team, which is pretty much the opposite of the Kenny Galladay situation. So, you know, I've seen the comparisons to Galladay, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, yeah, we've had some bad luck with, uh, you know, veteran weapons, and I completely understand the, the worries. But I think Darren Waller, as long as those hamstrings hold up, he'll be fine. And it is intriguing. I mean, you had Daniel Bellinger had a pretty successful rookie season when he was out there, especially the first half of the year before his eye got poked out, basically. Um, but to have a tight end now who, you know, at one point, Mike Kafka, the OC, he had Travis Kelsey. We saw um, Dawson Knox in Buffalo with Brian Dable's offense. I mean, the tight ends do work. Of course, Travis Kelsey's as good as it gets, but... You know, if if he can give us like 80% of that production that Kelsey gives the Chiefs, I mean, my God, it's going to be a great move. So hopefully they can pull that off. Now, mostly he will work the middle of the field. That's pretty much Darren Waller's game. But there have been times where he'll run like a wheel route, make a catch on the sideline and kind of beat his guys. So I think you use him in pretty much anywhere possible. You can put him out wide if you need to, especially on the goal line, throw him a fade. I mean, we don't see many fade routes with the Giants. I don't know why they refuse to throw them with Daniel Jones. We saw it with Davis Webb in the final game of the year uh, when Galladay finally scored a touchdown, but I don't know why the Giants don't open up the offense in that way and throw some fades in the end zone, but hopefully with a 6-6 weapon like Darren Walder, they can now do that. I remember when we had... Um, Eli and it was like the end of like the Gilbride era like all they did was uh end zone fades and like they don't do them anymore so I know it's a different era that was like 10 years ago but still I mean it's it's kind of odd how they just don't do it and as I said yesterday I'm still all in with the Jerry Judy idea I mean I love Ayuk too I mean Brandon Ayuk I think is better than Jerry Judy in my opinion at least it's close but I would still take Ayuk I think they were drafted the same year I'll look it up real quickly but I'm pretty sure they were drafted the same year um I know Judy was drafted higher, so, you know, Ayuk's contract will be a bit lower. Um, yes, they were drafted in the same season. Ayuk is, like, slightly older, probably about, like, five or six months, but he does cost a bit less. I remember Judy's cap hit was, like, $4.3 million next year or something like that. Ayuk's is 3.9, so you're, you're saving a little bit if it matters that much, if that's kind of like your deal breaker, but um, he was a 25th overall pick in the 2020 draft, and I think Judy went, I don't know, somewhere in the teens maybe, but yeah, Ayuk, Judy, one of those guys, I think Ayuk makes more sense. If you're Denver, you have Sean Payton now, you have Russell Wilson, I feel like you'd like to go at least, you know, all in for one season. Russ's cap hit is not that high this year as compared to future years. So if I'm Denver, I'm personally just going for it this year and you'll probably pay the price later. But if I'm the Niners, I mean, I already have so many weapons on that offense. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is a guy that they might not be able to extend or even afford next year on his fifth year option. So might be a good time to flip him. I don't know. So if it costs a second round pick, that's okay to me. The Giants were able to keep their second round pick in this trade. I know you don't want to trade all your draft picks, but the Giants still have their own third round pick. This was from the Chiefs, so 
if you look at it from you know th- this perspective, it was pretty much Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller, which you know I'll take that trade ten times out of ten. So um, if you look at it like that, you're still gonna trade Ayuk for a second round pick and still have your own third round pick. I can live with that. So we'll see what Joe Shane decides to do. There might just be a couple guys in the draft that they love and think they can do fine at wide receiver there. That's also an option. But I personally would prefer the more experienced guy that's ready day one and not have to worry about getting a rookie acclimated. So that sometimes will happen. We saw that with, uh, you know, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson last year, who they took in the early second round out of uh, North Dakota State. He didn't really gel with Rodgers till like the second half of the year. And once he did, he was great, but it took them half the year to really get their stuff together. So if you bring in a Judy or an Ayuk or someone who's already been in the league for a bit, I don't think the, um, you know, it, it, won't, it won't take as long to get on the same page and, and just be productive from day one. So hopefully that is the case, but we'll see how Joe Shane goes about it. There's been some other NFC East news real quick. So the Eagles re-signed James Bradbury, three years, 38 mil. So congrats to James Bradbury. Leighton Vander Esch back with the Cowboys, two years, $11 million. They re-signed Donovan Wilson, the safety as well, three years, 24. The Cowboys traded for Stephon Gilmore, who is now on his third team in three years. I think Gilmore is still fine. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's washed, but he's obviously not like the defensive player of the year type guy, but I still think he's like a, a B, B-plus level player. I still think he's pretty good. So, um, yeah, the Cowboys defense still remains pretty strong for now. The Eagles did add Rashad Penny, who is like one of the most efficient running backs. Uh, for, he was the brother of, uh, what the hell was our player's name? Um, Elijah Penny. That's it. Elijah Penny's brother. Now with the Eagles, he's one of the best running backs in the league when he's healthy, which he's not healthy very often, unfortunately, but he's very good when he's out there. Jets got Alan Lazard, four years, 44 mil. A lot of people clown that signing. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, if you get him with Rodgers, those guys already have the built-in chemistry. I get it. It's, you know, a four-year commitment looks like a lot, but I, I think Lazard's a solid player, so I don't see why people hate that so much. Vikings re-signed Garrett Bradbury, so that's a potential center out the door there for the Giants. Jacoby Myers went to the Raiders, a three-year, $33 million deal. And, you know, that's pretty good for the wide receiver market, I will say, because he was pretty much by consensus the number one wide receiver on the market this year. So for him to get three years, uh, 33 mil, and 21 guaranteed. It's not that bad. I feel like that's good for the rest of the receivers out there and possibly can drive the price down for an Odell Beckham, DJ Chark, whoever else is out there. I saw this last night, but Dalvin Tomlinson went to the Browns on a four-year, $57 million deal, 27 and a half guaranteed. So congrats to Dalvin Tomlinson, definitely well-earned. And some other stuff we didn't cover yesterday, Jimmy Ward to the Texans, Marcus Davenport to the Vikings, who apparently the Giants were in on. I saw that report from somebody. I forget where now, but Marcus Davenport was on the Giants radars. So maybe they're looking for some more defensive line help. I don't know. Um, Eric Hendricks to the Chargers. So that's pretty interesting. Some of the receivers still left. We, of course, still have OBJ. We have Juju, Mikael Hardman, DJ Chark. We have Jarvis Landry. Don't want to go there. Adam Thielen. Don't want to go there. Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, how about that, I'm kidding, um, Braxton Berrios, interesting, Darius Slayton, interesting, Zacchaeus with the Falcons, also interesting, Paris Campbell, interesting, maybe, um, Julio Jones, no, Robbie Anderson, doubt it, Randall Cobb, 
probably going to the Jets at this rate because they're getting every Packers receiver there is. I mean, some of these Aaron Rodgers reports are like a joke. I tweeted today as a joke that the Packers are uh, signing uh, Jordy Nelson to a one-year deal, and I think someone asked if it was true. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, guys haven't played in like four years. But, um, yeah, some of the Aaron Rodgers requests are pretty crazy. He wants Lazard there, which he got to the Jets. He wants Mercedes Lewis to the Jets. He wants Randall Cobb to the Jets. And this is all before the trade even happens. So, like, we don't know if Rodgers will be a Jet. I'm assuming the two teams know that. But for the Jets to make these commitments before Rodgers is officially a Jet, it's pretty crazy. But hopefully for them it works out. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, the Giants offense got a lot better today. Still need a wide receiver one, in my opinion. Hopefully they get that done. A lot of time left here in free agency. But so far, so good in free agency for our Giants. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Next time, big news drops. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Before I forget, tomorrow I'll be on Fireside Giants with Anthony Rivardo. We'll be talking, I think, on a live stream probably. I'm sure it's live. Um, about the Giants offseason so far, free agency, and things like that. So feel free to join us there around 7 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. And I'll talk to you guys next time.